It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio today. It was over at the Raiders about a half hour ago. Interviewing the head coach, Josh McDaniels. You'll hear that tomorrow. Sometimes we play the coach today. He just spoke yesterday, so we'll play it tomorrow for some fresh new content as Josh McDaniels is good. Had a good conversation with him for about 10 minutes before they head out on the road, and they're going on the road for a while. And they don't want to talk about going on the road for a while. It's one at a time. That's what I'm preaching today. And I think we need to preach this today as I was talking to Q, who's coming up next in the hallway. And uh, we got to slow down everybody here talking about four in a row, five in a row. We got to focus on New Orleans today. So today is a heavy dose of New Orleans. Your opinion? I'd like to hear some stories on some road trips. Maybe you've been on one of my two trips to New Orleans where I threw parties. Here's some old school nostalgia back then. Or maybe you're going on this trip. And you're looking to hook up with people so you can use my show to talk to other people about where you're going to hook up. I know Gorilla Rilla has got a whole bunch, like a steamboat trip going and a party here and there. Raider Nation, unite. If you're going to New Orleans, sounds like a great road trip. And uh, I got to stay back doing some shows here and the stuff that I do at the M. We're on the M. We're at the M on Sunday for the pre and post game show early as this game's an early start. So I'll remind you of that tomorrow. And tomorrow I'm going to the Vegas Golden Knights game, Nevada Day, early start. So we'll do the show and go right to T-Mobile. Uh, about a half hour, Dan Duva is going to join us. The voice of your Vegas Golden Knights, Phil Kessel, the Iron Man. And not only the Iron Man, but 400 goals. That's a big story around the league. I'll tell you that much. And the New Orleans vibe that I want to have today is still what we do with this game plan and the game plan podcast and what I like to do. I'd like to know the Raider fans' opinion on how to win this game. Because I've been honest all week about this. I'm a bit confused. I think the running game needs to be heavy. Raiders beat quoted me. I love when people quote my show and then they put it out and they take snippets of it. And that's a good website, so I'm cool with that. But they don't take three minutes of what I said. They took the spot where I said the team must throw if they're going to make the playoffs and go on a run. Yeah, I'll own that. I said again, this team has got to get the offensive passing game going at a much higher level if they're going to compete long-term. I mean, compete to go on a playoff run and to do what you want to talk about. They can do it running if it all goes well. That means Josh is healthy. He's not nicked up. Josh isn't fumbling, which he doesn't fumble much, and that the other team doesn't stack the box. And that's the opening of the monologue brought to you by PTs. And you can head out to any of the 64 taverns here in the Valley here for happy hour 5 to 7, midnight to 2, and a great place to watch VGK. I think Dennis Allen's going to stuff the box. I think they're going to be 8 in the box, and they're going to try to take Josh Jacobs out of the game. Why wouldn't you? I mean, what, what are they going to do? They have to do that. If they don't do that, they look bad. If Dennis Allen wants to keep his job, can you imagine if Dennis Allen gets gashed for 160 yards on the ground and Josh gets 140 of them again? Ownership's going to say, whoa, 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 what's going on here? 
You knew three weeks ago this guy was coming into New Orleans to run the ball. How come you couldn't stop him with Cam Jordan and the rest of these linebackers who are really good? So I think that's what's going to happen in this game is that New Orleans defense, which is 14th overall, 21st in scoring, 22nd in rushing, which isn't great because the Raiders' offense is 11th in rushing. Uh, they're good on third down. They're fourth and third down. That means fourth down, excuse me, third down, they're fourth in the league. That means they get off the field, and that means that Derek Carr is going to have to run. So as I broke down the numbers, and we did that on the Raiders' roundtable, and then in a meeting I was at today with some really good people over at the Raiders, we've come to the conclusion that this is a team that can do some special things. They have some weapons that third in offense. Andy Dalton moves the ball, everybody. Quick reminder, this guy moves the ball. Andy Dalton is 3-0 and lifetime against the Raiders. Whoa! What is that stat? And then someone raised their hand in our meeting and said, well, he played against the Raiders with the Bears because Justin Fields went out for a play. Remember when the Bears came here and beat the Raiders? He came in for a play. So he's really 2-0 and against the Raiders, but he's on the roster. I forgot he was on the Bears. I thought Cincinnati, Dallas. No, he was on the Bears too. Uh, the Red Rifle, the Red Rocket, whatever you want to call him, he's not bad. I, I said it yesterday. It's no disrespect to Derek. Dalton's played in much bigger games than Derek. He has. Look at his resume. So Andy Dalton's one of those guys that have been hanging around the league for a long time. He goes through his progressions. He's got Alave. He's got Kamara. He does a decent job at going through progressions. The problem for Andy Dalton is he's not mobile anymore. He was never really mobile, but now he's really up there in age, and he just can't run. So what needs to happen is Max and Chandler Jones and the interior youngsters on this defensive line, as we say goodbye to big Jonathan Hankins, they got to get pressure up the middle. Just follow me here. Pressure up the middle. And then all of a sudden, Dalton has to go to his right or his left, and who's waiting for him? Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. I don't know why Chandler Jones wouldn't have a big game. I mean, how many weeks have we given him to get his boxing legs back? This would be it, wouldn't it? On a turf, fast track, in a dome, Chandler Jones? I got to hope he has a sack in this game and he secures the edge. And I'm, I'm actually going to point that out. I'm going to make that point really evident the next couple of days. This is the Chandler Jones arrival game. This is the game where he has to look different to you and me. He's got to be faster. He's got to have a pop. He's got to kind of gauge the snap count and get off the ball quickly that veterans are able to do. So that's going to be really important as we open up the show today. Also on top of this, you know, New Orleans is one of those teams, too, when they work off momentum, all football teams do, but just something about that building. Once something happens in that building, that crowd from the upper deck gets into it, and they're a different team. They fuel and feed off of momentum here. And Derek Carr's coming off a game where he didn't throw an interception, no turnovers. I asked Josh McDaniels about that. You'll hear it tomorrow. He's big on that. He likes that. He likes the fact that the team won with 21 unanswered points. They didn't turn it over. They had a closeout play by Deron Harmon. All of that came together nicely. But I asked Coach about it today. Why did it take three quarters? You know, and he talked about what Coach is giving us all now is he's telling us, Josh McDaniels, that doesn't matter when they when it pops or when it works. They stick with the plan. They don't panic in the second quarter or beginning of the third saying, you know, this isn't working. Let's get out of it. No, they just stay with the plan. And Josh McDaniels' plan varies from week to week. Also, Houston was a very physical team, and he thinks New Orleans is just as physical. 
So this is a fight, and I think the Raider offensive line now has gotten to the point where they're very physical, which isn't shocking to me. They had a plan, and they're following it out. The offensive line is doing a really nice job. They're run blocking well, pass protecting when they need to, but this could be a game where if they take Josh Jacobs or slow him down a bit, it's going to turn over to a Derek Carr game. And if that's the case, Derek's got to be ready to go, and Derek's got to be able to fly, and Derek's got to be able to play up-tempo. Let's spend a minute talking about Derek and up-tempo, which is probably the fairest criticism I have of him, and it's a positive criticism. I say that Derek plays better when he plays faster. Would you agree with that? A lot of people do. Yeah, he plays better when he's playing fast. Look at the fourth-quarter comebacks in his career. Right, They're down, and then all of a sudden, giddy up. Derek's got to go no huddle and win the game. He's done that a bunch at a very high rate for a quarterback who's lost more games than he's won. He's very good at the line of scrimmage. But what happens now is, is Derek is still waiting to break the huddle, getting to the line of scrimmage, changing the play, identifying the Mike linebacker, and the next thing you know, I look up, and there's six seconds left. You can't do that with Cam Jordan. He keeps his head up, and he looks at the clock over Derek's shoulder. And if you wait till 5, 4, 3, 2, he pops off the ball, and he's a train wrecker. So that can't happen in this game. So I like the ability of Derek to play faster in this game because New Orleans' defense is really good, and I think New Orleans is going to be guessing a lot with Dennis Allen about putting eight in the box and trying to stop Josh Jacobs. So Derek, if he plays fast, if he gets to the line of scrimmage in a no huddle, he might see eight in the box and go, wow, turn his head to Devontae. What they did at Fresno State, some kind of head nod, then Devontae knows, get in motion and go because they're going to be set to stop the run and Derek's going to be able to see that. The return of Darren Waller is critical to me. We don't need to see Darren return and get two receptions for 18 yards. If he's ready to play, I need him to have 10 receptions. Get him right going. Get him going again. Matt Collins is playing well. Hunter Renfro, the cobwebs of getting concussed and what happened with him. I think Hunter's playing well, but he's not on 100 reception pace. You're not going to get to 100 receptions because there's just too many weapons here. And then will we see Zamir White and some of the other backs? Will we see them because Josh is going to need a break? I mean, you're running Josh every play hard. You know, when he comes out, can another running back do what he's doing? I think that would be the case there. So we'll get to some Derek Carr sound in a minute. The Chiefs traded picks for the Giants wide receiver, Kadarius Toney. OMG. Holy crap. This guy is not good for New York. He's a bad guy in New York. He's not playing. Uh, he doesn't like his role there. He's a hell of a player. Did you see what he did to Dallas a year ago? This guy is the closest player I've seen on paper that you can kind of match up with Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill. But he's really good. So they get him from the Giants for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. Man, that's a big pickup for Kansas City, getting Kadarius Toney. That's a really good player. That's a really good player that Kansas City just picked up for the second-half run. And he's healthy. And he doesn't like the Giants because you don't think the Giants use him right. And the Giants are telling him, go kick sand. We don't need you. We're 6-1. and one. Everybody's buying in, but you're not buying in. Brian Dable said, quote, We just thought it was best for our team. We wish Kadarius well. Okay. Well, Andy Reid basically said, please, please, please. And Andy Reid got him. Because Andy Reid wants to win the Super Bowl now. This isn't a need for the Raiders. 
but he's kind of the guy, you know, when you looked at Ruggs and what Ruggs was supposed to be without what happened, this is a guy that can play at that type of level. He's under contract through the 2024 season with a fifth-year option for 2025. Uh, Tony has missed the Giants' past five games because of a hamstring injury. He told reporters last week that his return had been delayed because he believes he tried to come back too early from the injury. And he injured that hamstring during training camp. Giant fans have been all over this guy because they really thought he was going to be great. And now he joins a wide receiver room. Absence of Tyreek Hill. But when you look at what they have, and Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the Chiefs appear set with their top three receivers and what we're going to see with what else they have there. I mean, the Niners went out and got Christian McCaffrey. Robert Quinn goes to Philadelphia. So you're seeing trades go down. And if you're asking for the Raiders, I think Dave Ziegler's working the phones. He's got a 2-4 and four team. Not a lot of leverage to make trades. Either you're getting rid of guys because you're looking to next year or you're bringing in a guy wouldn't it be nice here if the Raiders were three and three and they didn't collapse against Arizona? And then we'd be talking about trades. Your three and three is a lot different than two and four. So for the Raider fans who want to dig out of this hole uh, before the trade deadline, the other big name out there is Roquan Smith, and he almost broke down in his press conference. He broke down in his press conference because Quinn was moved. Quinn's got the all-time single-season sack record. Do you know who played for the Bears in the heyday there? Richard Dent, some of the players they had, Khalil Mack. So Roquan Smith is available in a trade. I think he's pretty expensive. But if the Raiders went out and traded three players and two draft picks for Roquan Smith, be nice to have him in the middle of that field for a while. But they have Denzel Perryman who's playing pretty well when he's healthy. So, you know, I trust Dave. I'm a Dave guy. I, I think Dave's one of the sharpest guys I've met at a different level coming from what he's coming from with Belichick and the Patriots and how they want to build that type of team via draft picks, uh, being coaching up guys. The example I give everybody I talk to is this offensive line, similar to the Patriots. Draft offensive linemen and make them better. Coach them up. Do your job. Coach them up. And then all of a sudden you see Dylan Parham, Thayer Mumford, they're playing like NFL players. They're not playing like NFL rookies. You're going to have rookie moments, but that's the way they did it at the Patriots, and they're used to that there. So I'm going to hold off because we got a couple of callers here who are really good I want to get to. We'll play some Derek Carr sound. Uh, One of the big things you hear other radio hosts say is this quarterback's playing against that quarterback. I I fall into that trap too. I do. Derek Carr doesn't compete against Patrick Mahomes. He competes against Patrick Mahomes' defense. But coming up, Derek Carr is going to be going up against Geno Smith, Andy Dalton, Trevor Lawrence, Let's go. It's go time. I'm ready for car. Used to say, start the car. If you've been with me long enough, back to the bay, the McGloin train. Get on the McGloin train. When car went down, Derek looks good. Derek looks really good. He's healthy. He's got his weapons. Oh, he's got an offensive line. Oh, you guys thought, as they say in Goodfellas, you guys thought he didn't have an O-line. Oh, Derek's going to not play great this year. He doesn't have an O-line. Yeah, he does. So line's playing well. Now, I don't know how good they are at pass protection because the last couple of weeks they've just been slamming Josh Jacobs down the throat. And I say keep doing it. But I'll be telling you, I got text messages. I'm texting Chris in West Oakland, Raider Mort, my buddy Thomas. I got my Raider text thread. You got to get in there someday. And you're in that text thread, and I'll tell you this, 
if Josh gets stopped on the first two carries and then they come back with him, second series, and he runs it up the middle, loss of one because they are there with a wall like Game of Thrones, this team better quickly get into this passing game. They better go up top. They better soften the middle of the field because Dennis Allen wants this game desperately for two reasons. He got fired around this time of the season when the Raiders fired him, and the Wolves are at the door again. He's no Sean Payton. He's a defensive coordinator, nice man, been nice to me. But he hears what's happening on New Orleans Sports Radio, so this is going to be a big spot for him to try to motivate his team. Raider man, good to hear from you. Appreciate you starting off the show. How you been? I am great, JT. Good to see you. I'm well, great to hear from you. I'm Same here. Yo, man. Same here. I'm making my uh, my uh, what you call it, my maiden voyage to NOLA, man. This will be my very first time ever going to New Orleans. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm hoping to take the, 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 the energy and the passion that you know I have and get over there and truly influence my team to bludgeon these dudes, you know, in the submission because it's one of those pinnacle moments where we get an opportunity to truly set our identity and establish who we are growing forward. You know, I don't like going through anything. I believe in growing through everything. And, you know, considering the fact that we started off so slow, we're in the midst of, a cha- of a, I guess, in the sense of a change. We're gelling, if you will. And it starts with that offensive line. So that's exciting for me to see that, man. You know, I don't necessarily like the, you know, you do throw barbs at yourself about the name dropping. But I'm going to drop my brother, man, Senor, because uh, he's having a big party this uh, this weekend. I was nice. supposed to be going. And uh, instead, I'm going to NOLA or whatever. So I got to shout my guy out because he gave me a call. And we were just, you know, just reminiscing, reminiscing on Rob. And, you know, we are talking about Cisco and some of the things that's going on over there. And, you know, just, you know, wanting to really try to influence this place to, to understand what the passion behind this thing is, and not only where it started, but where it's going. Because, you know, it's always the next generation of Raider Nation is what it's really, really about. And King Al said it best. You know, the, the, the true essence of the Raiders is in this future. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see an opportunity for Derek Carr. I heard you just say a second ago that you're not really necessarily competing against the other quarterback. Well, in this sense, especially if it's Andy Dalton, I believe he is because he got a stigma to get off his shoulders. He got to prove that he's a better thinking quarterback. He got to prove that he's competent. He's got to prove that he wants to win, and he got he got to prove that he's willing to put the the foot on a on a, a cat throat to try to really truly kill to earn a spot. Andy Dalton fighting the scratching to save his life right now. You see, living a different life, and I'm not on my quarterback case. I'm just saying he need to channel some of that because anger is good, especially when you're using it for the for the will to win. So I don't want to take up too much time because I'm sure my brother man right behind me shouts out to Chris from West Oakland, man. I want to tie down. If you're in New Orleans, I would love to hook up. Let me know what's up. I'll holler, JT. You got it, Raider, man. Appreciate you. I'm not going to New Orleans. Initially, I was. I got to do the nighttime show for Sirius. Too much time away. I got to do the M Resort with Eric Allen on Sunday. But I went to Nashville. I'm going to L.A. for the Ram game and maybe another trip in between. Have a great time in New Orleans. Raider man's going. That's big. That's the connected route through the Raider Nation and Black Hole Rob and the guys who have been on the road trips with me in the past. Go to New Orleans. Find the Raider Nation. Take over a corner. That's what I recommend. Go to the corner where the famous door is. And it's great. You're allowed to drink in the streets. That's been a big part of my life, Bobby. You should live in a city where you're allowed to drink in the streets. In Vegas, you can do that. Can't do it in New York, where I'm from. Can't do it in San Diego, where I lived. But in New Orleans, you could have a 16-ounce Modelo. You can have a hurricane, and you can stand outside and drink it. That's a cool rule in life, man. Wait, what, what are we? We're all adults. 
They drink outside. That's what you do in New Orleans. Chris in West Oakland went with me to New Orleans back in the day. Hello, Chris. You know, JT, of all the road trips we've ever taken, and you talk about taking over a corner, taking over a section, that first trip we all went together in 2000 during the Gannon, the beginning of the Gruden years, when we took over Bourbon Street after giving the Saints an ass kicking, and the next year when we went to the Super Bowl, when all the Raider and Steeler fans, we thought we were going to be there, and we were on Bourbon Street by ourselves until the Patriot, that year we got screwed in the tuck rule. I, I can't go, unfortunately, this weekend. We've got our first game Saturday. I really wanted to go because of all the road trips, there's nothing like New Orleans, and you know what I'm talking about. you got to love a city that prides itself on to-go cups so you can drink in the streets. So let's get to the game at hand. First off, you made a comment earlier about, you know, Andy Dalton has played in a lot bigger games than Derek Carr. You know why? Andy Dalton had a five-year period where he had a top one, two, or three defense. That's why Andy Dalton played in bigger games. But I always felt Cincinnati Bengals for a three- or four-year stretch might have had the best roster in football, and the reason they didn't win a Super Bowl it was because of Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is going to – he needs to make this guy pay. He's going to make him – we got to – Oh, Chris. Derek – I got you yeah. still. You're in a good spot. Keep going about that. You just cut out for a second. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the world. Um, Andy, yeah, let's just get – make Andy Dalton beat you. Don't – if he throws the ball to you, catch it. We can't drop interceptions. We can't let Andy Dalton look like Davis Mills a week ago. And as far as the offense and Derek Carr going up-tempo, <clears throat> you're correct, man. I, it's so frustrating. Over the last five years, no team has scored more points at the end of the half or the end of games in the two-minute drill than the Raiders with Derek Carr. I'm not saying you got to throw the ball on every down. You can run the ball out of the no huddle, but if you pick the pace up, you cut, you, you, you play's over, you get to the line, that's going to give Derek plenty of time to change the play and not that hectic trying to snap the ball with a minute to go, or I mean two or three seconds to go. Pick the pace up of the game. The Raiders are clearly better when they run that way. It's just frustrating as a fan that they only seem to do it when they're down rather than playing to get a lead they always seem to want to play play that way to come from behind so Derek's done really well against New Orleans he's 2-0 and against Drew Brees he's played really well in New Orleans we're, we're, we're a couple of games away from 500 which there's no playoff talk until there this is an important game because it gets us one game to that goal I think the Raiders are better than New Orleans I think we had some tough breaks early we're in a stretch of playing mediocre quarterbacks that I don't think is going to bludgeon this defense but again this defense isn't great I think the Raiders win 31-24. I just I can't predict the 14-point or 17-point game. I don't see it out of this defense. But if they get a couple of turnovers, they can win this game by a two-score margin and not have to sweat it out at the end. 31-24 to all my brothers. Raider man, have a great time in New Orleans, my brother. There's no city like it. Enjoy. And when you're there, toast the Crown Royal and a Modelo for me and JT because we can't make the yes. Thank you, my brother. Amen to that. Have a good time there, as Chris said. Uh, the city that invented the to-go cup. They did. They did. It's a true story. That's why I used it there. Go have a good time. Drink some beverages. Have a good time with the Raider Nation. It should be a great turnout. And with Derek playing up-tempo, Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton's not going to play up-tempo. Andy Dalton's going to call the play. He's going to look at Alvin Kamara. He's going to look at Olave. He's going to look around at the Raider defense. And what is he going to know if he, if he looks at film? If he looks at film, Andy Dalton all week, he's going to see the middle of the field is wide open. 
He's going to want guys to get to the middle of the field, and Patrick Graham's defense is going to have to adjust. And as I talked to Josh McDaniels again today, I asked him about that three-safety set, that look that they have with Trayvon Merrick, Jonathan Abram, and Duran Harmon. Harmon played 100% of the snaps. That's what you're seeing here now. And the way he described it, I forgot exactly what he said about that package, but it's a package there with three safeties, the nickel package. It's a good one. But the question is, what do you do now against Andy Dalton? you got to get to him with Max Crosby. Chandler Jones has got to wake up and have a productive game. Not a good game. Not a game where he does his job. He's got to have a game where he steps up and does something really big. And I think he can do that. I think this could be a game. I like guys who have been playing on grass, and then they get out to, you know, they get out to a, a track like that in New Orleans where they're able to just jo- go wild because they get a quick start. They do something great. That's what I want to see here. I want to see something big here. I want to see something where this defense up front, the edge rushers, have a game like we've seen for a long time from Cam Jordan. And that's really important, and I think that's going to happen here. I haven't been here on this show telling you for a month that every game Chandler Jones is going to be big. I haven't said that at all. I told you he has boxer's legs. His boxer's legs have not been activated yet. They will be. So we'll see what happens here. I'm thrilled to be partnering up with the Castaverde Law Group. I just saw my friend Alex DeCastaverde, his law group, based on a reputation here in town from their dad who emigrated from Cuba. The Latino portion of this community, they know about it. I'm telling you more about it. They are the the team that you need all the time. They're available 24-7. They will help you if you get into an accident. They will help you. They will dig down deep. They will work hard. Uh, Go to their website, digteam.com, where you can see it, the Castaverde Law Group. We'll be talking to Alex coming up here in the next couple of days or weeks, and we'll talk about the premier personal injury law firm in town, the Castaverde Law Group. Proud new partner of our show, and Alex is a Raider fan because I sit with him in the section, and he's he's up. This guy's up uh, up on his feet. Alex DeCastaverde is up on his feet on third down at a Raider game. I can promise you that. All right, we have the voice of the Golden Knights. Haven't talked to him in a long time. Can't wait for the conversation. Dan Duva on being the guy who called an Iron Man game. That's pretty cool. That's coming up next. Out and guides it towards center, it's Kessel. Coming ahead, Kessel closes in towards the net, he shoots, he scores! Phil Kessel, goal 400 in consecutive game 990. A breakaway for Phil Kessel, his first strike as a member of the Golden Knights. one nothing Vegas with four minutes to go in the first period. As always, it's a great call. Dan Duva joins us from VGK and... Dan, it's been a while, and congratulations on being in the booth to call an Ironman moment. How great was that throughout your career? What are you thinking of that? Wow. Yeah, thanks, JT. Appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you. It, uh, it almost happened the previous night with the gold coming off the board. It was a dress rehearsal for Phil and a dress rehearsal for us at the broadcast booth, too. So glad I didn't screw it up the second time. <laughs> <laughs> this record, this record to me, and it's easy to say now in sports, we've been around 
a while. Some records are never going to be broken. Explain to our audience the, the gravity of the Iron Man record and why it probably won't get broken, considering how all sports are changing today. Yeah, well, you think about it just from, uh, say, the baseball context, from Lou Gehrig to Cal Ripken Jr. And Cal Ripken Jr. did send a congratulatory message out on Twitter for Phil. Uh, yeah, 990 now. Keith Yandel had it at 989. But, you know, before that, it was Doug Jarvis. That record was set in 1987, a week after Phil Kessel was born. Wow. Go back to Gary Unger. Uh, you know, that, that record was set in the 70s. By the way, those three gentlemen I mentioned, Yandel, and uh, uh, and and Unger and Jarvis, those streaks ended by coach's decision. Oh. Those guys were scratched, or their careers ended. Uh, so not injury. So there's something to be said for somebody who just doesn't miss a game. Uh, like the next closest right now to catch Phil would be Brent Burns, who's like 300 behind. Uh, he's not going to catch him. And then after that, like nobody's close. Like guys are in like the two and three hundreds. And some streaks, which might have kept going, like Andrew Cogliano, he would have been close, uh, but his streak had ended. But, like, with the COVID stuff, like, that's the amazing thing, not just injury or play or whatever it is. Like, how many guys missed at least one game because of COVID? Or, uh, you know, might have had a run at Phil's record or maybe close, but won't because of COVID. So, like, this is not going to get broken. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to come close in our lifetimes here, JT. It's... It's one of those records that's uh, it's right up there with Wayne Gretzky's assist record, I think, for uh, maybe Pro Dora's shutout record uh, that uh, we're not going to see broken. Dan Duva is our guest. He's the voice of the Golden Knights. I agree with you. I love records like that. It's great for what I do in sports radio. And then I could make yeah. the comparison, Dan, to the NBA, where Kawhi Leonard is load-managed after two games. After two yeah. games, he doesn't play. And that's the problem with the NBA. And the NBA has a bigger viewership than hockey, and there's, the hockey fans are just so devoted to the sport. But to me, this is the main difference and a great example in Kessel. And what you said about COVID was brilliant. I never put that in perspective. But just the days where you're sore, you're banged up, you received or gave a couple of tough checks, and you just shouldn't go because you're probably not at full strength. These hockey players go, and they might get stitched, stitched up in the middle of a game, and, the, and Kessel knew he had to play the next game for his teammates. Yeah, and there was a point earlier in his career, I mean, remember, it's 990 now, but at a point when he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs, we're talking about 10 years ago almost, uh, where the, the number was like in the 400s. And, you know, there were a bunch of Maple Leafs that were unavailable, just, you know, the injury bug had bitten the team, and, you know, he wasn't feeling great. But, you know, like, even at that point, they were thinking about the record. They were thinking about consecutive games played. Maybe not the record, but at least, you know, Phil doesn't want to sit out a game. And then it boiled down to, like, who's most injured? And Phil was, like, the least injured among the group of Leafs that were available that night. So he showed up to the rink and like, if he could play, I want to play like that's it's, it's, it, it seems simple, but Phil says it repeatedly. Like I play hockey. We had Phil Kessel's dad on our broadcast first intermission the other night. Wow. And you know, some kids just, you know, enjoy math. They do math. Some kids draw, they draw some kids play hockey and that's Philly just plays hockey. So it doesn't make sense for him. Uh, if he can stand up, if he can, you know, move on his skates, like why wouldn't I play? Uh, Dan Duvazar, guest voice of EGK. Let's talk about the team. And since Coach Cassidy came in, the style of play, defensive style, fresher legs. What has worked in the off season getting this team prepared for a good, good fresh start out of the gate? Well, I, I think that uh, you could go down a list of things. I think Mark Stone's health has got to be at the top of the list. And he, since we've been talking about Iron Man streaks, hey, Mark Stone 
uh, you know, is just one of the, the grittier guys I've seen in the league. But he had back trouble. We know it goes back to the playoffs in 2021. He did have the back surgery in the spring. It's the one silver lining of a long offseason. He gets to recover. And the Knights really, uh, you know, outside of, you know, Robin Leonard being out for the year, but they don't have injury trouble right now. So Stone's health, you know, he just things just fall into place when Stone is healthy and, and, and guiding the ship. And he's not worried about himself. He can really, you know, be the captain that they need him to be. Throw the goaltending into it, too. I mean, you've got the, the goalies are both at 2.0 goals against average. I mean, they're top 10 in the league. Uh, so that's, that's really a sign for a couple of guys who are not bona fide NHL starters and Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Maybe the competition is a good thing. But I think Bruce Cassidy switching the defensive system. There's more layers. I think that there's uh, some still adjusting that's going on there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they have really made things easy on Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Not that that position is easy. But the high danger chances are minimized. They might give up some more shots, but they're so collapsed around the crease. Um, the goalies and, and goalie coach Sean Burke have really adapted to the way that Bruce is coaching the zone-layered defense. Dan Dubas, our guest, voice of EGTK. So the two goaltenders, that could be an elephant in the room for a lot of franchises, especially if you had Robin Leonard for the money and Marc-Andre Fleury before that. What's the temperament with this fan base? And when you talk to people about having two goaltenders and what the ultimate goal will be to get the one right before the playoffs? Yeah, and the other part of it is th- there's a, a third component to this, and that's Lauren Brossois, mm-hmm. who's not yet medically cleared to play games. But he's practicing. He was on the ice today, and he's uh, the most veteran of those three guys. So uh, they're not going to carry three goalies. So I don't know what might happen at some point. And we're, you know, that's, that's probably weeks away rather than months away at this juncture, we think. But uh, it's a competition. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy has talked about this with the goaltenders. He's also talked about it with forward combinations, defensive pairs. Like, what's working for us right now is what we're going to go with. That's not a guarantee that it's going to be that way in two weeks or in two months. And if it's different in two weeks or two months, that's fine, because at that point we're going to make the best decision at the time. We don't need to like get to this perfect lineup right now or even in two months or even by the time the regular season ends. We're going to just adjust as we need to. Um, and, you know, injuries will inevitably happen. And so you, you, you don't want to forecast too much. And right now Bruce is just going with the competition, whether it be you know, bottom six in the lineup, you know, Jake LeCision, it appears, will get to play his first game of the season, having been a healthy scratch the first eight. Um, and uh, I think you'd you probably go back to Logan Thompson for the game tomorrow. So you go back and forth and let the competition take its course. Uh, Jonathan Marsh is so already here with, uh, what is it, five goals, seven points. Yep. I like when the snipers get going early. Yeah, and Jonathan, who had 30 goals last year, tying his previous career high with the Florida Panthers. Now, this is about as good of a start as he's had. And the beneficiary of a balanced power play grouping, you know, he's now in what some might call the Ovechkin spot there. Mm-hmm. He, he likes that spot. They just uh, tweaked the power play groupings a couple of games ago, and you'll watch Jonathan over in that left-wing circle, right-handed shot, puck comes his way, fires at home, scored a power play goal in the first game that he had in that situation. Uh, yeah, and then the last couple of games, playing with Carlson and Smith, the Misfits reunited. Mm-hmm. Again, that that's working for now. It might not be the case in a couple of weeks, but Bruce Cassidy knows, and those three players know. You put them together, it just clicks. It just works, and uh, they enjoy playing with each other. 
Uh, one more comment or two on players. I'll go with Eichel and Petrangelo. We'll start with Alec Petrangelo on his legs, the ability to react early in the season, get in a groove. What do you see with him from the booth there that could get him going? Keeping him healthy is imperative with his track record here, but with his age, keeping his shifts down to a solid number that'll have something in the tank mid to late season. Yeah, and he's just a thoroughbred, yeah. JT. I mean, you just see him in the room, and he's just you know bigger, seems to be more athletic than even an average NHL player. And he has led the Golden Knights in ice time every single game through eight, uh, keeping a closer eye on that. You know, last game, and um, you know, at one point during the contest, Zach Whitecloud was was up there. So it depends on the game. You know, if you're trailing and having to come from behind, you're going to see more of Petrangelo. I think they'd try to balance it out a little bit more if he can build a lead and hold on to it. Um, but it seems like it's it, John Stevens, the new Knights assistant coach who oversees the defenseman, of course, had been in Dallas as an assistant, longtime Kings coach. Uh, I think that he's got a real pulse on how to, to manage guys, not only over the course of weeks and months of a season, but also within a game, so that if you do need to come back, in the third period, that Petrangelo is not overspent two-thirds of the way through, um, and, and not just Petrangelo, but the whole group. So I, it's, uh, you know, it's something we'll keep an eye on as a new coach takes the reins. And Eichel, Eichel, you like his start and what, what his upside, what could his ceiling be? I know what his ceiling could be for his career, but for this year. Yeah, I, I think he'll make a run at 100 points. I, I do. I, I think that uh, you know, he's very much in his prime. He's 25 turning 26. The way that, uh, again, just physically, he's just on another level. Uh, Mark Stone just said this morning he's the fastest guy I've ever played with. And you've got Stone playing with Eichel and Chandler Stevenson right now. And, you know, Chandler's got a four-game scoring streak. Mark Stone, when he's played a full season for the Knights, he's been their top scorer. And then put Jack Eichel into the mix, who is uh, one of the best players of his generation. And this is the first time that Riley Smith said this recently. Like, he's a top-10 player in the game. The Golden Knights haven't had a top 10 player in the game until Jack Eichel, and now he's healthy. Even when he came back last year from the neck surgery, he broke his hand. You know, his, his, his thumb was broken. He couldn't take face-offs. So I think now you get a full off-season of Jack Eichel, the, the training and everything to get to a good place, and now here he is. Uh, I, I, I think that you're, you're going to see a terrific season from Jack Eichel and maybe make a run at 100 points. I will see you out there tomorrow, Nevada Day. The hockey players want to play early. Is it kind of good? They get the rest of the day, travel, all that. What's it like day hockey, Nevada Day? Yeah, 3 o'clock game. Sometimes you see the 5 o'clock start. Sometimes uh, Bruce Cassidy loved, he told me, when the Boston Bruins would play noon or 1 o'clock. 3 o'clock's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changes the routine just a little. They will not have a morning skate today, so guys will show up at the rink probably around 12, 1230. And, uh, and go to it and see if they can uh, continue their ways against the Pacific Division cellar dwellers. Uh, they, they did so against the Sharks, and uh, we'll see if they can do it against the Ducks, who lost to Tampa Bay uh, last night. It should be uh, the type of performance for the Golden Knights, regardless of what time. That is, uh, it should be a, a great performance by Vegas. The, after the back-to-backs, you kind of put the Kessel thing, you know, center stage here for a bit. Now, now Phil can take off, you hope. His dad told us he scores in bunches, so it should be a great day. Thank you, my friend. I'll come say hello tomorrow. Appreciate your time. That'd be great. Thanks, JT. Talk to you later. You got it, Dan Duva, voice of the Vegas Golden Knights. Coming up next, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Man, has he been good on our show. He's going to give you three games for free. You gamblers, you need free games. You know why? If you bet on your own, you don't win.
You need people that are good who do this for a living. I'm not saying he's going to get everyone right, but he's going to give you three for free, which a lot of people don't do. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports coming up next. Brought to you by Remy Martin. We team up for excellence. I'm calling things the way I see it. People don't think I need to air that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And, you know, I was just relating my personal feelings in the situation. Aaron Rodgers speaking up in the locker room on Pat McAfee everywhere. This is going to get ugly in Green Bay because he got all the money. He got the bag. They paid him all the money. Devontae left. And now he's. I, my perception is he's throwing some of his teammates under the bus. Maybe rightfully so. They can't catch, but that's what he's doing. A lot of guys don't do it. Brady doesn't do it that way. Lee Sterling joins us, ParamountSports.com, a pro handicapper, an advisor, a trusted friend. Big one out of the gate, Lee. Good to talk to you. Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee yep. minus 12 and a half. They better not be looking ahead. They're a big boy now. They're a top school here, and that schedule's still rough after this Kentucky game. How do you see it? I think the key to this game is going to be turnovers. That's number one. Kentucky's lost 12 turnovers, number 95 in the country out of 131 teams. So if they commit two or more penalties, they fall behind by double digits. It'll be good night, Irene. But... Kentucky's number two in the SEC in time of possession. They've held the ball for almost 34 of every 60-minute game against their opponent, and four of those games were without Chris Rodriguez here. So in the game last year, they played Tennessee. Tennessee went 45-42. Kentucky held the ball for over 46 of the 60 minutes. You'll see that only happen three or four times a year, that type of edge. But Kentucky's defense is decent. They do get pressure here on the quarterback, and I don't think Tennessee's defense is championship level yet. And when you look back at the end of the year, who won last year? Georgia, best defense in the country. Last couple years, Alabama, LSU, top two, top three defenses here. I think it goes to the wire. Now with all the pressure on Tennessee, Mm. it's going to be a lot tougher. Tennessee 38-35. I like Kentucky plus the points. I do, too. I think Kentucky, this is our game of the year. This is the one. Yeah. I think and, they'll be up And also a preview. Maybe the top mm-hmm. two quarterbacks that will be drafted in the NFL yeah. draft. Very good point. Ohio State, Penn State. I got a buddy who works on the Fox broadcast behind the scenes and is already out there. This is a big one because of Penn State and Michigan and Penn State, Ohio State. They had their path. They had their path, Penn State, and they lost that path. They can get it back with Ohio State here. This is a really big game for me because Ohio State is cruising along to that Michigan game. I don't think they look ahead to anybody, but I like the matchup for Penn State here. I just don't know if they can bounce back after an earlier loss. Ohio State minus 15.5 at Penn State. That's a big number. So here's what scares me. They had two weeks to prepare for Michigan, and they needed to stack the box. They needed to make Michigan throw the football, and they didn't do it. Who's their defensive coordinator? Manny Diaz failed in a lot of different places he's been. So now he's going to go up against maybe not quite as good a running game of Ohio State, but a much better passing attack and a more dynamic team that just got back their top receiver last week and one of their top two receivers in running back. So uh, I think it's a tough matchup here for Penn State. Yeah, they won last week. They beat Minnesota. But Minnesota was without their top 
quarterback there. And Ohio State, how do you stop Penn State? Make them throw the football third and long. Ohio State's defense has held opponents six of seven times this year under 124 rushing yards here. If this was a whiteout game, it'd be a blackout here by the fourth (laughs) quarter. Ohio State doubles up Penn State, 42-21. Well, that'll be a bad loss to Ohio State and at Michigan. That would ruin Penn State. Let's go to your NFL selection, and thanks for giving us a big one. Buffalo, minus 10.5 versus Green Bay. Man, people are throwing dirt on Green Bay right now, and they were the number one seed in the NFC. They don't have Devontae Adams. Their young weapons are dropping the ball. They can run it. And Buffalo, you know, coming off a bye and where they're at, and I don't think they're looking ahead. This is the game Josh Allen dreamed about as a kid playing Aaron Rodgers at home. Uh, Buffalo in a big spot here, too, because the Jets are right behind them. It's not like they're running away and hiding here. How do you see this one? Yeah, so, uh, you know, at least Tom Brady, when he's mad at you, yells at you in person uh, mm. during the game. Aaron Rodgers, I would not want to play for this guy. Um, just just seems like not the type of guy you want leading you. But let's look at the fact they have not played up to expectations. In fact, over 85% of their players are playing worse this year than last year. So their backs are against the wall. I think A.J. Dillon's going to come to play here. If they can get four or five yards on first down, then the Buffalo defensive front seven cannot tee off on Aaron Rodgers here. So first time ever Aaron Rodgers has been a double-digit underdog in his career mm. here. And uh, I think he's going to be motivated here. And uh, I think, like I said, if Buffalo's front seven can't tee off on him, I think it's going to be a tight game here. Green Bay actually has a talented roster. Like I said, just has not played up to expectations. This will be the game of the week. Buffalo escapes 24-23. Grab the double digits. Grabbing double digits all year has been the way to go. It has been, and I'm happy you said that, and especially that many points. in the look-ahead line, I think, was 7.5 or 8, and they moved it past the number of 10. So a lot of sharps are saying that, too. All right, so the game of the week, I talked to – we had Chris Myers on from Fox yesterday. He's got this Minnesota-Arizona game. Minnesota minus 3.5 if – Green Bay loses and Minnesota wins. It's another game up. We're talking about a four-game lead. It's over. I know you have information on this game. Minnesota, Arizona, how do we get it? Sneaky good game. You want to get it for free, call 800-400-9741. 800-400-9741. We have not had a losing NFL weekend. So anyone wants to hop on board with us, we've had nine out of 11 winning weeks since the start of the preseason. My NFL game of the year goes on Sunday. Ooh. We are 53-18 and 18 on these games. I'm going to text you the game, JT. Mm. When it starts on Sunday, feel free to tweet it out. Oh. We're looking to go 54-18 and 18 on our 40-50 to 50 unit best bet. So anyone wants to get involved, Baker's Dozen, 13 games, just $147 combined Saturday and Sunday, and it will include the NFL game of the year or the NFL six-pack, just $97, one place only, ParamountSports.com. ParamountSports.com. Lee Sterling, Lee, good luck. We'll talk. I'll look forward to that text. I'll tweet it out, my buddy. Okay, thanks. At Lee Sterling, appreciate him coming on. People say, JT, how come you don't bet? How come you've never bet? Well, I'm in the stock market, and this week, I feel like I want to run to Peru and move there and never do radio again. So I do gamble, and sometimes it works, and then some weeks you have like this. Hello, tech stocks. It's enough there. Go bet with Lee Sterling. He'll make you money. I know it because he has from the clients he has who let me know. 
All right, we got a big next hour. Damon Bruce from 95.7 The Game on the Niners' fall from grace. Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5. And the voice of the Saints is next.